Let's just fucking go. See what happens. Just throw it against the wall. <laughs> if you think of something afterwards, we'll we'll, we'll edit and post. <laughs> Fix it and post. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, do you want me to explain what we're doing, I guess? First, I'll do the intro. This is Moxie Podcast. We talk shit about the ha- shit that happened this week. Although this week, we're not talking about any shit that happened this week. No, not too much has gone on. So we decided that uh, I've been sitting on an I- uh, not an issue, but an idea for the past couple months. And I thought it's a fun little thought experiment for uh, people that like movies like us. And my idea was if you had to sit someone down and tell them to watch five movies. And by the end of the fifth movie, they would understand your taste in film. What five movies would those be? And they can't just be your favorite movies unless you only like like one genre and they're all in that genre. But it should be a wide kind of scope of what you like. Yeah, because I mean, we're all just like basically a motley of like, cultural artifacts and stuff like in terms of our personalities like people have this thing like oh no i'm an individual no you're not because like you learned everything about your individual self from somewhere yeah from cultural texts be it books film music whatever mm-hmm. um, like i openly admit i'm just like some weird like mix of like noel gallagher with like a hint of wolverine and like slapped in the face with some bret hart I, I, like Admittedly, that's why I wear leather jackets and sunglasses all of the time. Nice. I'm. I don't know what I am. I'm all over the place. Yeah. I dress. I dress like I look like I'm come off the farm. <laughs> but I, there's all. I'll the metal T-shirt will be underneath the plaid. I watch football, but I adore like progressive metal and stuff like that. Huge into video games and computer stuff, but I love football. Like diehard Carolina Panthers fan. So I'm all over the place, but it's fun that way. Yeah, sports I don't do anymore. There's a time. See, a couple years ago, I would have said I was a diehard Ottawa Senators fan, and deep down, I still am. But fuck Eugene Melnick. I can't (laughs) wait till he is not associated with the team any longer so I can continue to be a fan. That thin line between love and hate, right? Like, it just takes one decision. It it took a lot of decisions, (laughs) and he made all the wrong ones. We've crossed that line. Oh, yeah, so many times. This isn't a sports podcast. (laughs) No, because I have nothing to add other than sports. (laughs) Some sports. He's talking some sports, man. Oh, Asif would be a fantastic commentator. Yeah, so... Put him in front of any sport he doesn't know. The team has now done the move, and a point! The team has scored a point. Not many sports have you scored just one point. They've scored a goal? (laughs) Hockey or soccer. Football? No, you don't score goals in football. (laughs) Well, in like football, European. That's what I was going for. Yeah. Clearly. American, you score a touchdown. It's not football. Or a field goal. It's American football. But it's not a goal. Field goal. Eh, Sure. Yeah. Close enough. Baskets. Do you know how many points you score for a touchdown? Six. Yes. Uh I played football once upon a time. Like daily, like it was like my thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Like in middle school and early high school. What position did you play? I was defensive tackle. Nice. Like always, just hit things with my body. I was defensive end. So. Oh shit. Same type of thing. Right on. Yeah, it was real fun in our high school. Uh, our high school, we bred them big because we were all the country high school. So, <laughs> which is just <laughs> so apropos. Yeah. So <laughs> we were all over six foot. Like all of our defense like line and we'd play against people that were in like grade nine and they were small <laughs> just destroy them it was fun oh okay, but that, so was, that was a nice little what do you call it side thing segue 
Well, no, it's not okay. a segue. This is a segue. This is yeah. a bad segue. Tangent. Tangent. That's tangent. It. But we're now we're segueing into the discussion at hand. So the five films that define us. Yeah, and there's not many rules really, other than one film per, and they just have to. They don't themselves have to be a genre defining film. It's just whatever your whatever you feel best represents your taste. Yeah. Uh, I'll kick it off and I'll break the first rule right off the bat with my first pick. Uh, anybody that knows me knows it'll be the Lord of the Rings and you can't have just one of them. They tell a complete story. So it's all three. I'm glad like you were, you were transparent about breaking the rules right away. It's just (laughs) breaking the rules right away. (laughs) Come on. Uh, You can't have one Lord of the Rings film without the other two. Fair. They they stand together as the sum is greater than the parts, and the parts are pretty fucking fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it captures everything I love about fantasy storytelling and epics. It Jesus, I can't even say words. It checks all the boxes I want. It's awesome. It's I love it so much. It's tattooed on my arm. Like that's how much I love Lord of the Rings. Like so much. Yeah, it's not just a single tattoo. Yeah, it's two, and there will be more. It perfectly encapsulates my love of fantasy. I guess my number one would be Gladiator. Ooh, Not like yeah. the Cuba Gooding Jr. boxing movie from 1991, but the Russell Crowe sword and sandal ep- epic. Oh, yeah. Um, in terms of like tragedy based in history, it, it just checks all those boxes that I love. You know, one thing I complain about a lot is CGI in films, and to me that's like the last great movie that didn't embrace cgi to do big set pieces this well they they kind of did that first big forest battle scene there's a lot of cg in there it's just artistically hidden yeah yeah but like you still had stunt work being a yes thing. like if when there's a tiger there it was, it's a real fucking it was tiger. yeah it was the backgrounds that yeah. were cg not the people yeah so it's the, it wasn't so much a crutch at that point which you don't have films like that i think a few weeks ago we talked about how blade was like that yeah between blade one and two yeah. that stopped <laughs> yeah and lord of the rings too they yeah, they did the same thing there was huge work done to make it look and feel like a real place. And then you compare it to The Hobbit, where Ooh, it's just yeah. like... It, nothing was real in that. No, no. And it's 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 definitely noticeable. But for me, like, that story I just love. I also love the fact that, like, a lot of shit went wrong in that film. Like, the ending with Gladiator was supposed to be totally different because the guy who played Proximo, yep. Oliver Reed, died while filming. Yeah, and they had to reuse a, a shot to finish out his character yeah, that was a bit of cgi and yeah. it's just so transparent why they didn't lean too heavily on it because that shot was terrible it was obviously just another shot with a bad dub over top yeah so much i think the, the the dub over top was a grunt um something i think they they reused a bit of lines like oh um voiceover that he had done previously mm-hmm. put that over top and then just added like the grunt for him getting killed yeah but like it's just funny because like you know there's that it was the shot when he was talking, what do you want? You know, yeah. I, how, I, how he won his freedom and stuff. And yeah, so the whole thing, he was supposed to get off scot-free with all the money and then turn on Maximus. And they just basically had to wing the ending. And I just thought the ending was wonderful. Yeah, it's it's an awesome ending. Yeah. Did you know they, they tried making a sequel? Yes, I heard about that. Yeah. It sounded bonkers. They commissioned Nick Cave, who is a great songwriter. He does a lot of writing. Like, he's really tight with Warren Ellis, who writes a lot of comic yeah. books, really prestige comic books, to write basically a sequel to Gladiator 
Gladiator 2, and it was this whole thing involving, like... Time Ro- travel, wasn't it? Yeah, there was Roman rites of reincarnation that bring Maximus back to save the Christians from, you know, the crazy emperor who is yeah. the kid from the first one, who it turns out is his son because all that talk of strength and honor is bullshit. Maximus is a thirsty bitch who just wants some. Because the kid, like, that <laughs> kid was... The, like, the line was, my, my child's nearly eight, which means, like, if that's his son... He he, had, he he impregnated two women at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> There's no strength and honor in that. But we forgive you, Maximus, because the movie's fantastic. Um, but yeah, he would have been reincarnated to fight that guy. And then, yeah, it would have been this thing that he's constantly reincarnated over time. Where yeah. The movie ends in present day, and he works for the Pentagon, of all things. Glad it didn't happen. Yeah. That, but the that, first one. Yeah, that, that's so not like the like gladiator. Yeah, yeah. So Which is just an epic period piece essentially yeah of the the roman republic or the roman empire i guess and it has its ending and you know yeah it doesn't need more there's so a, much it was a fantastic story yeah and there's so much now where it's just like the sequel let's build towards the sequel and again like even though they kind of tried that was like a movie where it's like a one-off big budget hollywood movie that's not meant to be like this ip more. that you can continue with yeah exactly yeah, it's it's nice when you can have a full fledged, fully realized story in about two and a half, three hours. Mm-hmm, an incredible one. I mean, having a film like that win best film at the Oscar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even Russell Crowe's like acceptance speech. You know, it was it was beautiful. I remember at the time. So yeah, that's my number one. Nice. It also happens to be my favorite movie. Which go figure, right? It's a really good movie. Uh, so my next one, uh, it speaks to my the type of comedy films that I like. Mm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking for my number two as well, so this is good. Um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Okay. Have you ever seen it? No, I've been told by many people I need to. You really do. I think you'd quite enjoy the concept. Um, I like I like satire. I like taking the piss out of stuff. I like poking fun at things in clever ways. And Tucker and Dale versus Evil pokes fun at trashy slasher films in a perfect not crazy over the top way like scream like it, it scream that does it scream kind of did it. scream yeah. does it a bit scary movie those type of things mm-hmm. tucker and dale does it by just presenting it as like the story is what could be taken one way as a slasher film but look at it from the opposite side and these two country guys are just looking to have a good weekend at their lake house and random really bad luck happens to them and teenagers start dying on their property and it looks like they're causing it but they are clearly not because you're watching the film from their point of view essentially yeah and it's fantastic alan tuddick is tucker and oh it's it's great like it's fantastic some of the greatest comedy scenes i've ever i go back and watch it all the time okay wow 2dx great yeah he's one guy who doesn't get enough credit either but uh yeah i'll have to check that one out it's funny because like for me narrowing it down to a comedy was so hard Mm -hmm. um i was thinking like pineapple express 40 year old virgin my sensibilities very much go towards those judd apatow produced like you know frat pack guys i guess you call them so like for me it would be this is the end okay which is like yep. the avengers of like mid knots comedy yep where you 100%. just literally have everybody kind of similar you know post-apocalyptic or i guess po- apocalyptic scenario yeah i'm um, taking a bit of piss out of that but it's just it's everyone i love 
it's the comedy I love. Even like the references to like Backstreet Boys <laughs> and stuff. Like everything just hits my sensibility. Yep. And yes, like I love that bro-y kind of comedy. Seth Rogen is the guy. Mm-hmm. It's like him, my best friend Zeb, and weirdly Steve, who we worked with, yep. who like can make those three people can make me laugh no matter what. Yeah. And Seth Rogen happens to be the only one who makes movies. <laughs> so I tend to love his shit. Like it was really hard picking between that and the forty year old virgin. Forty year old virgin's really good. I love them both so much, and like they're two that I go back to a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think they can make you laugh no matter what. Um, but to me, this is the end. Was like the the perfect realization of that generation of comedy. Yeah, and it's so weird because like now we don't have comedies like that. No, we really that wasn't long ago. Yeah, it, in the last few years, there isn't nearly as much prestige i guess in making comedies like that but it's so weird because like the investment versus return is very good yeah like typically they're very cheap to make like this is again was probably one of the more expensive ones because it used a lot of special effects yeah but they're not usually spectacles and i think that's what a lot of executives want to see is a spectacle yeah everything being an event they think that everybody wants to see huge explosions michael bay has been a director for so long that that has to be what they think. Yeah, everything's got to be that way. But it's funny because like he recently came out with Mikey, I mean Seth, uh, came out with um, Long Shot with yeah. him and Charlie's Theron, which was great. Like I really enjoyed it. And it was a throwback to that kind of comedy, mm-hmm. uh, which I hadn't seen for a while. I um, mean, it was it was awesome. And you could tell like outside of the actors, this probably didn't cost that much to make. Yep. You know, the risk is pretty low because the cost is low. And if you make just a good, funny movie... It might not make the box office, but you'll get a return for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting kind of state of cinema we're in right now with sequels and shared universes being how you make money. And the weird thing is no one fucking does it right other than Marvel. Like, <laughs> that is just, true. Everybody fucks up, and it's just like, just don't do it. Like, that's their thing. But everybody sees Marvel it. making billions, like making money hand over fist, like, and they're like, we want a piece of that too. It's like, well, you got to spend a decade getting to it. Well, not even a decade. Like you're talking like decades because Marvel has been in the shared universe business with comic books and film. That's true. And People cartoons. already believe in the idea of share of superheroes coming together in multiple different films and stuff that people are like, oh yeah, I can't wait to see them in this one. Whereas everybody else is like, why is uh why is the men in black going to be in the next uh, 23 jump street? Like why? Yeah. I love, love the films, but didn't need to happen. Thankfully it didn't. The the only, the only one that like I'm glad is still happening and hasn't like conked out yet is the Godzilla monster universe. Cause once he can Kong fight Godzilla, like that, I've been waiting for that since the original one, which was a piece of hot dog shit (laughs) where King Kong can shoot electricity bullshit just made that up so he could win <laughs> godzilla will destroy him any day of the week uh so speaking on these shared universes we'll move on to my next uh pick and i struggled not to pick uh i wanted to pick something in the marvel cinematic universe initially but i couldn't settle on one because so many are linked together i would have picked like endgame but it has the impact because you watched all 20 some ahead of it or um, the winter soldier because it's a fantastic film, but I ended up settling on the dark Knight. Mm, okay. Uh, because it's the 
perfect comic book movie adaptation in my opinion. It's a fantastic film, an amazing villain fully realized. Uh it just it looks cool, it it's fun to watch, it's intense, it's everything I love about Batman put into the real world on the com- on the like film screen and it's amazing. Like and you can and you don't need to know really anything other than who Batman is really and everybody knows that. You can sit down for 3 hours and watch it and be amazed. Yeah, The Dark Knight's one of those ones which and we've said this so many times is a great film. Period. Yep. It doesn't even need the comic book prefix to it. Yep, but the comic book stuff just makes it so much cooler. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that you do a film that good that like anyone watching will just be so immersed and won't want to attend. Like, yep. That was my my initial reaction when I was watching this film. Yeah. I don't want it to end. Yeah. It is that. I would have watched five good. hours of easily. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. To the point of it's almost has mythological stats because of what happened with, with Heath, Heath Ledger. Ledger. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Well, since we're on the topic of comic book movies, I guess for me on this list, there is a comic book movie. Uh, Dark Knight would have been there. The only one which I would nudge a- ahead of it um, in terms of this sort of exercise for me personally is Logan the Third Wolverine. Movie okay. Because it has that element of tragedy. I thought I honestly thought you were going to say the Avengers, like the first one, because I know you love it. Yeah, yeah. It's the comic book, you know, realized on screen, right, mm-hmm. in terms of panels. But to me, Logan was that movie that has a little more, right? Yep. Like it's like the Dark Knight in the sense that you're just watching a fantastic film. I... You know, in terms of dystopia, I still think it's the most accurate representation of like pre-dystopia dystopia, like a, a society stumbling into dystopia in many yep. ways. The fact that like it's a, it's ultimately a tragedy. Like the film itself is about aging and dying, and oh, like yeah. you know the one last good thing the fallen gunslinger can do before he goes. And I just thought that was fucking daring. It also happens to be brilliant. It was heartbreaking. Like this was something that you know elicited real emotion i think from anyone who watched it and it also happened to be about my favorite hero Mm -hmm. like the fucking character who got me into reading which got me into writing which is is why i'm doing a phd ultimately because i love to write (laughs) is because of this fucking canadian crazy character with his goddamn claws and to do that sort of film with that like my investment is there yeah and again greatly executed that yeah that makes a ton of sense everything about even the pyrrhic victory the fact that like it's it's a victory, but it's a tragic end. Just yeah, fucking mint, mint. Mm-hmm. And it, it, like the Dark Knight shows what a what a sort of tentpole comic book movie can be. Yeah, it, it shows it shows that there's there can be real depth and real stakes in a comic book film. Yeah, that you yeah. don't need. It doesn't need to be bright and flashy, and the good guys always win, and any of that. It can be real. Yeah, Full stop. Some true grit. And it sounds a bit, man, like that's what this new Joker film, which I admittedly had zero desire to see. They're, that's what they're saying. I think it won the Gold Lion yep. at Venice, which is bananas. I'm very curious to see it. I guess that's the one thing that happened this week that we had to talk some shit about. Yeah. So <laughs> from the point. We can't talk much about it until we see it because yes. I've been refusing to find out what goes on in it until I see it. But yeah, looks cool. Sort of same vein on board. Yeah. Uh, so my fourth film... Going along with, I'm a big fan of fantasy. I'm also a huge fan of sci-fi, being into techie stuff and all that. So I had to pick a sci-fi film to fit on my list. Um, But I was struggling with what to pick. But I also thought, I really like horror as well. But I don't like a lot of horror. There's very few horror films I thought. So why not kill two birds with one stone? 
pick the original Alien movie. Okay, okay. It's got it's a fantastic. It's the sci-fi aesthetic that I love. I'm not a big fan of the Star Trek sleek, ultra futuristic modern aesthetic. I like the pre-digital age sci-fi stuff. The Star Wars, Alien. Um, if you look at book series like Foundation, those type of sci-fi. It's just so interesting what people thought would happen without like modern computers and it's it's an awesome horror film on top of that there's one alien it hunts them down it's terrifying the reveals are awesome the design of it is awesome it's a it's just an awesome film throughout and it holds up today despite being made in the late 70s mm, yes yeah, 79 78 yeah uh, and it holds up today the just because of how much effort and care was put into making it. Yeah, I think it was one of those films that I thought that, like, the whole thing with eliciting the audience's feeling through very little activity was really cool. Like, they did a great job in terms of creating a vibe and creating setting where you don't need to see the alien to be terrified by it. Yep. Like, you don't get to actually see the damn thing till the end. Yep. Um, and yes, yet, you know, just through that experience, just through the thought of what does it look like, what's hunting these people down... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a shame since then, like, everything has been balls to the wall, aliens everywhere with that series. Yeah, I, I it did make a great transition with the second, with Aliens, oh, yeah. which but, is a, one of the best action films ever, yeah. in my opinion. Um, but I like, I like the horror aspect of the first one. Mm-hmm. That kind of nudges it up just a little bit, but yeah. they're, they're neck and neck. Yeah, now, I think we've met, we've talked about this before with the second Aliens. It's the one that I prefer just because it is that balls to the wall action. And, you know, I have those fond memories of it just being on every Saturday afternoon. Yep. Of course, the edited version. <laughs> um, in terms of my fourth, it, it actually is going to be a sci-fi one as well. It would be Terminator 2. Okay, Judgment Day. Yeah, kind of for the same reason of Aliens versus Alien. Like it, it took this sort of... Very much a horror film because yep. the original Terminator was like watching a Jason movie essentially with yeah. the cyborg, um, and ramped everything up, and then created this thing which went from being like this niche sort of film to being this thing which pushed the envelope in, in so many ways. And like this is where you see the birth of CGI, but CGI done right. Yep. Um, oh yeah. You know, I also was one of those kids who just idolized Schwarzenegger. Like it's it's also on this list because of my love of Schwarzenegger, like Predator. Conan the Barbarian. These were some of my favorite movies growing up as a kid. And this was like the ultimate, weirdly Schwarzenegger kid friendly movie. <laughs> where it's just him and a kid, essentially. Yeah. Like trying to fucking avoid Armageddon. And their depiction of Armageddon so utterly terrifying to the point that, like, up until recent years, the Judgment Day scene. I would not look at the screen <laughs> because when I was a kid, my, my 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 cousins and stuff took me to see it when it came out in ninety one. Um, went with all my older cousins. My brother was there. I think it was like four or five of us. And like that scene fucking killed me as a kid to the point that just, I don't, I did, I stopped dealing with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, just fantastic film. Aesthetically cool. To me, James Cameron has best. The last good Terminator movie, despite <laughs> the fact there's so many being made. And in coming yep. weeks, you'll hear our opinions about the upcoming Terminator movie. Oh yeah, I guess it is coming out in a little bit. And right? we have an episode done. So Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it's just, to me, that's like the perfect Arnold movie. Just dumb action, but at the same time has a smart core to it. Yep. And uh, yeah, just a movie that also pushed the envelope. And again, 
sunglasses and leather jackets kind of my thing yep one of the causes for that that's yeah that's fair yeah love that one um yeah great action yeah i think now coming into this podcast i didn't have a fifth film picked out and i wasn't really sure where i wanted to go with it um but over the past little bit i've been thinking and i think i think i gotta pick toy story okay it's it's my childhood it's everything I love about animation and how animation can affect you and be a fantastic film while still being a fantastic kids film. Mm. And it has my favorite like song in it from all like uh, like Disney songs and stuff like you've got a friend in me that's just a heartwarming song. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a great story about coming to turn it's even it's partly coming to terms with who you are and what you are it's about friendship it's about sticking together it's about working hard it's about being yourself it's just awesome it's what i love about pixar films yeah they they are incredible films the toy story i haven't seen the most recent one but the toy story series beyond the most recent one based on the three that i've seen they're incredible and they really set the tone for that Pixar thing where, like, you can make a movie for kids that the adults will still take something from. Exactly. And it's usually fucking heartbreaking, too. Like, it's it, it gets deep, man. Yeah. it's it, it can be rough to watch as an adult after having watched it as a kid. Yeah. But I love it. I love Pixar. Like, I'll see every new Pixar and movie. It They're always good. They're always, always good. And yeah. for me, that started with toy story at yeah. least as a kid it's a team that you can tell like they love everything that they, they do they love and storytelling yeah and That's every like project the, at the heart of it i thought for for a little bit i thought of picking like a miyazaki film it's a really artistically cool but there's a little there's a spot in my heart for pixar and i gotta go with toy story it's funny because my last is the exact opposite i grew up like there's two things i liked watching when i was a kid and this is weird because my parents should know better i liked watching like Schwarzenegger slash Van Damme slash Stallone dumbass 80s action movies where you don't gotta think it's just muscly guys who are so muscly like it's a problem like they couldn't go about their day to day <laughs> can't put your arms down properly yeah exactly like stairs are a fucking issue um or I liked just bad horror slasher movies okay not even like good like terrifying horror like when i was older yes the exorcist rosemary's baby when i was growing up it's just like jason movies you know halloween like just dumb stuff <laughs> that like i can't stress enough i was a child when i collected these <laughs> movies on vhs <laughs> and so in line with that i had to make a horror movie or horror ish movie but at the same time my love of horror comes from like this sort of never taking it seriously thing yeah so my fifth movie army of darkness oh like it's horror it's also the greatest comedy because it's just it doesn't take itself seriously like the whole it's evil dead good. series is bananas because like i love the first one the first one got retold four times or three times sorry there's the first <laughs> yep there's the second in which half of the movie is, is the, the first, first movie again. with less characters yeah yep. then the beginning of army of darkness is that again <laughs> yeah and then there was a remake of the whole thing. The remake was not great. I wasn't a fan because it, it took itself seriously. It was just it was, with, within that really gory kind of horror. Yeah, it was, it was too like. serious and it wasn't gory in the right way like the first one, like the original was. It was gory for the, 
Well, I mean, the first was kind of gory for the sake of gore, but it was done in because it was done so cheaply. It just it had a charm to it. Yeah. Whereas this one was you were just like. Yeah. It was gratuitous, like yeah. a girl cutting her arm off. Like when it happens in Evil Dead 2, it's kind of hilarious. Exactly. Because he's making like the gonzo eyes and stuff. And just with Army of Darkness, it didn't take itself seriously at all. It yep. just produced like an entertaining film, which somehow still works. All the skeletons are. Yeah, like the claymation skeletons. <laughs> like great. he's fighting him. Like there is no dialogue in Army of Darkness. It's just a series of one liners. Yep. Like Bruce Campbell does not speak dialogue he speaks like epithets of just singular lines that sounds about right yeah they're just designed to make you laugh yeah and it's just fucking silly and i (laughs) love it i just i love it and it's one of those ones again i can watch over and over again and it's gonzo and it's funny and it's great i met bruce campbell once and i had to tell him about the time that like i used one of his lines on a girl and he's just like why would you do that like but it worked he's just like ugh. (laughs) good i guess that's <laughs> uh, good it was it was which line was it <laughs> it was give me some sugar baby <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not too bad it'd be it'd be like it'd be better if it was this is my boomstick <laughs> no, no. <laughs> i mean i would deserve to get slapped if that was the case um <laughs> yeah i know and like the series like i don't know if you've ever seen it but they have a musical Evil Dead the Musical, I which think is, I've heard about. I've heard about it. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. I've seen it like three times um, over the course of like maybe fifteen years. It always used to have productions in Toronto. Always the same guy playing Ash. Yeah, but like you know, taking the aesthetic of those films being so gonzo, like you would get covered in fake blood. I remember at one point I took a friend of mine for a birthday, and um, there was a point where like the guy playing Ash punched a deadite in the heart in the chest ripped out his heart and basically put his hand in his shirt and had this heart and he looked at us came right up to us it was a balloon and just squeezed in our face and covered us with blood <laughs> yeah you know, and it's like th- this is the level of seriousness we're talking about with this series of films yeah from like the halfway point to the second one. Oh yeah and like the show i've only seen the first season but i loved it yeah army of darkness man just because it, it's, it's my weird pick. sense of humor that just like is so self-referential and just doesn't take itself seriously. Oh, that's a really good pick. Do you have any honorable mentions that you would throw in? Ooh, too many. Like the comedies were the hard ones. Like I said, Pineapple Express, 40 year old virgin would definitely be up there. Gross point blank. I was a big fan of, I think like a lot of like, you know, my weird sort of like musical sensibilities. Like a lot of that actually came from that film. Cause Joe Strummer actually did the soundtrack. Okay. He selected everything. So that was one of those films I watched like, at a perfect time in my life, I guess it was like 94, 93, um, where like music was important to me and like it was such an important part of that film and started in creating this nostalgic feeling. Because it doesn't take place in the period of those songs, but in the 90s with but people. But it uses it. Yeah, because like it's people going back to their high school reunions, yeah. but a contract killer going back to his high school reunion. And so the songs in it were from the time he was in high school. Oh, okay. Um, and it was just something I really connected to. Um yeah, that would, that would kind of be it. Maybe Forrest Gump, just because like, that was like the first movie which took me on a truly emotional roller coaster. Okay. Uh, I'd probably say Predator. I had a, a bit of a oh, tough yeah. time deciding between Alien or Predator because um, they're fucking awesome. Um, 
Blade Runner, both oh. the original and the new one. Mm, yeah. I thought they were both fantastic. Yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't more Denis Villeneuve in your list. Yeah, I, I couldn't pick. Because he's your guy. I, I really like his films, but I, I like his direction enough. I don't know if any of them are really representative of what I like my tastes in films mm. other than just really good films. <laughs> I like good movies. <laughs> and I and cuz he does like he does some sci-fi stuff, he does some thriller stuff, he does some it's a little all over the place mm. that I'm like I don't know if I could pick just one of his. If I had picked directors it would be like Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I had one other that I wanted. Oh, um like Howl's Moving Castle from uh Miyazaki. Okay, I, I don't know anything on Miyazaki, so go. Oh, you've never seen any Miyazaki films? No, no. Is this the, the animator? Yes. Yeah, okay, the Japanese animator does Howl's Moving Castle, does Princess Mononoke, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, um, Spirited Away. Okay, that, yeah, that I've heard of. That style. Just okay. his, his and his team at Studio Ghibli, their style is fantastic, and it pulls you fully into a world that is just a little more magical than our own mm. and it's it's awesome and i love spirited away not spirited away sorry it is really good but Howl's moving castle is my favorite of the of his films okay um just for how it paints because their art style just it it's like painting a beautiful picture throughout the characters are fantastic they tell amazing stories like it's really good. I recommend you watch them. Okay. I think you'd really cool. enjoy them. Yeah, no, sold, man, sold for sure. I'm always kind of looking for new genre films to watch. So yeah, and I think that's probably about it for me as far as honorable mentions. I could go on and on with just movies I like, but yeah, it feels like I would have to like it for an honorable mention. Just thinking about it now, maybe something like Pulp Fiction or any some some Tarantino. For me, Pulp Fiction always be the one that stands out. I'm a big Reservoir Dogs fan. Yeah, as far as it, Reservoir Dogs and Inglorious Bastards. Oh, Inglorious Bastards. Smee's is best. This is absolute best. I think it for me it's Reservoir Dogs just a hair over Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like the idea of like dialogue. Like his films are are just dialogue based films, yeah. and like you know, in terms of my own writing, like I always try and take from that. Not necessarily like his brand of dialogue because it's always very witty, but the focus on dialogue exactly, and how you can just you can. It doesn't even have to be exposition, but so much can be revealed and reveal itself through yeah, dialogue. It's the easiest way to get inside a character is just have them talk. Yeah, and just the idea of character first. Like, yeah. there's so so little of that these days. It's always about spectacle, and if a story should unfold, it should be direct and mm -hmm. through words and uh, through actions. And I just watched um, From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, so good. Recently. Yeah, I was, for the first little while, I was like, okay, this is pretty good, and but as soon as they got linked up with the family, mm -hmm. then I was just like, it was really entertaining. Yeah. It, it was, was just really interesting. Ramps up. And yeah, you know, he's like, I think he wrote it and yes. produced it, right? Because it was um, Robert Rodriguez. Who directed who it. Who directed yeah. it. But like, there's so many like nods to, to genre pieces and genre in it. Like you've got, uh, what's his name? Tom Savini playing Sex Machine. <laughs> the guy <laughs> with like the... Yeah, the cod piece yeah, gun. Yeah, the gun cod piece. And, and then, oh, the name of the dude from the black exploitation film. Yes, yeah, I, I it don't. It wasn't Richard Roundtree. I don't. I think. recognized his face. I, I wouldn't recognize his name. I don't think. Yeah, but. yeah, but it's just like there's so much nods to like you know old Hollywood as he does. Yep. Um. Yeah. Great, great, great movie. Mm -hmm. Karen Tarantino. Yeah, man. And like I don't know, like 
you know, once upon a time in Hollywood is another one of those examples of like it's it's there's no real plot. It's just dialogue stuff happening for it. Yeah, yeah. But I think that that's kind of the almost charm of Tarantino's films mm-hmm. is it you, it never feels contrived because it mostly does it isn't. It's just stuff happens and we're just following these characters through the their day to day whatever they're doing, whether it's Nazi hunters in Germany or it's a bank robbery gone or a jewelry store robbery gone wrong or a bunch of people in LA just having a bad night. Exactly. It that's what's really cool about his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Character first. So yeah, that would be the last honorable mention for me. This was a fun exercise. Yeah, it's it's neat to explore why what your tastes are and why your tastes are so. Yeah, and it's not at all a filler piece because we couldn't think of anything to talk about this week. No, <laughs> no, not even a little bit. No, we've been trying to do this for a while. Yeah, yeah, but I think it went over pretty well. I think we'll leave it there. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's pretty good. So everybody, go out and watch all three Lord of the Rings. Watch Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Watch The Dark Knight. Watch Alien. And watch Toy Story. All my stuff's mainstream as hell, so like they would have watched. That's true. It. Everybody's the, probably seen most of all of, with the exception the of maybe Army about. of Darkness. That's the only like weird one. But like, if you just want to switch off and laugh, I mean, <laughs> Go do for it, it, man. There's a dude with a chainsaw for a hand going back in time, fighting an evil version of himself with a claymation skull skeleton army. Yeah, it's good times. It is a good time. It's as serious as it sounds. All right, guys. Till next time. Don't be dicks. Bye.